Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Green. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to another edition of IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins. I'm joined in all week by Jay Gold. GCW's number one fan. I'm glad you're finally embracing that. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <laughs> they all look into the show. You're screwed. <laughs> I, I, would, I would get Butter get that out, but you know he's not going to. No. He certainly is not. No. <laughs> and also joining us is not GKW's number one fan, Marky. Hello, maybe, I don't know, I don't, yeah, I had something and I lost it, never mind. <laughs> but hi. It's gonna be a, gonna be a fun show, I think. How's everybody doing? How's everybody weekend? Doing good. Very, very simple weekend. Watched a bunch of, uh, watched a bunch of good wrestling. Really excited about that PLP show that was on yesterday. Seeing, seeing a lot of success out there. It was a, it was a good, good quality, calm weekend. Uh, this weekend, I got to find out I'm actually getting my tax return, so that was that, that kind of just made the weekend for me because I otherwise spent it just kind of working. Yeah, because I get the the uh, child tax credit. Uh, we can't get injured out right away because of the protection against tax hike. I'm like, protection against tax hike should be good for fucking everybody. Because January French can't hike the tax on last year. Fuck. For me, it's because oh. I was poor. <laughs> I, I especially like when we talk politics on the show. <laughs> no one's got anything about politics. I, I well, I especially like when we talk IRS on this show. <laughs> hey, Erin, I should be underrated. I'm sorry. Certainly. I, I don't think he was on this show, though. No, he was not on this. <laughs> there, come ta- there come interesting talent on this show. We will get to it here. It was definitely not IRS, though. I'll tell you that. All right. Well. We got a lot to get into here. Let's go ahead and get right into what's on IWTV this week, but there's a lot. What's on IWTV? Okay, and there could be more added, although I don't see how looking at the schedule. Tuesday, February 22nd, 8 p.m. Eastern, New South Action Clash 73. Wednesday, February 23rd, 7 p.m. Eastern, the Mac Dreckler, Geekin 2, Epicode 5. We move into the semifinals. Thursday, February 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern, Wrestling Open, Epicode 8. Friday, February 25th, 8 p.m. Eastern, H2O, present No Easy Way Out. Uh, only match announced as of now for that show, the H2O Championship on the line inside the steel cage, Declan Grant against Chuck Payne against Devin Moore. And then we have five live streams coming up on Saturday. Oh, Saturday, February 26th, 5 p.m. Eastern, Ruthless Pro Wrestling present Code Orange. Katu Jin against Vikings for the Rust Belt Deathmatch Championship. Hoodfoot against Tony DeVetta. John Wayne Murdoch against Big F and Joe and, and uh, other matches on that as well. A uh, couple of people we'll be talking about shortly will be on that card. Madman Pondo and Mickey Knuckle are part of a four-way match with Randy West and Neil Diamond Cutter. That's going to be an interesting show. Saturday, February 26th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Blitzkrieg Pro presents PMA. Blitzkrieg Pro Bedlam Championship Online, the main event, VFK defending against Travis Huckabee. Saturday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Premier Wrestling Federation presents Faker to Funk for Real. Jigsaw against Avery Good is the main event of that card. One of Avery Good's last matches. Go check that out. Bonko got title version career Bojack defending the title against Antonio Ake at that event as well. Saturday, February 25th at 7 p.m. Central time for this one. Freelance Underground presents Breaking the Chain. And right now, that, that is... Storm Grayson defending the Freelance Underground Independent Championship against Laney Luck. Guy Blue against GPA announced on that show so far. And Saturday, February 26th, 9 p.m. Central Time, ICW No Hold Barred Chicago. Reed Bentley defending the American Deathmatch Championship against Justin Kyle, Tommy Vendetta, and Jake Crypt in a four-way match there. Eric Ryan on that card, Hoodfoot. John Wayne Murdoch against Bobby Beverly on that card. And we got some friends of the show on that one. And Sunday, February 27th, couple different shows on that one as well here. Vic- Invictus Pro against Love and Let Die at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Bishop Vicky and Edith Gurriel for the Women's Championship, your main match on that card. Sunday, February 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. H2O Underrated Epico 13. 
Sunday, February 27th, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Prestige Wrestling presents Rike Above. PCO against Calvin Tankman on that card. That's Damn. Gonna, yeah, that's going to be... Uh, uh, Chucky Green against Delilah Doom. Alex Shelley against Dalton Cackle against Tom Lawler against Davey Richard. That, that show is stacked. I'm not, I, there's the other magic with a lot of talent on that card as well. That card is stacked. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. We may have to rearrange recording schedule next week to watch that one live, depending on what's going on. That's going to be on right when we normally record. And then Monday, February 28th, 8 p.m. Eastern, the premiere of the Ohio Wrestling Alliance is Good Trouble 3. Aki Mack against AKH, Trey Lamar defending the OWA Championship against JDX, and a lot more on that card as well. I say I, I it almost every week. If you can't find something on IWTV to watch, there is something wrong with you, and you're not a wrestling fan. And oh my God, is there a lot next weekend? And actually, as we record this right now, in about a half hour, Roseland 2 goes up. So I'll definitely have to watch that show. That show's going to be insane. Yeah, that, that should be on demand by the time you listen to this. Man, that's, we're stacked. And, uh, unbelievable stacked. how much wrestling yeah. is on this weekend. It's great. It makes me feel like uh, back prior to the pandemic where all the indies were kind of really getting momentum. So it's good to see so many shows on uh, on IWTV. Five shows on Saturday, and I will be booked and not be able to watch any of them live. Well, there's your homework. You got homework for the week leading <laughs> up after that. <laughs> I got no time to watch all this stuff. I'll have to pick and chew, and I, I feel bad for what I don't chew. All right, well, before we get into our Drexler spotlight for this week, uh, Matt Drexler, episode four, who, who saw it? I saw it. Yep. All right, Marcy, lead us off. <laughs> Yo, I liked being Vlad because he reminded me of Mordecai from regular show, and I feel like that's what they're going for. Um, I don't know how I felt about I forget. What's the other? The, the, was it King Nemo? or Prince um Nemo. Prince, Nemo. Prince Nemo. Yeah. They really leaned into the uh, the fantasy Marvel aspect. In this, the, in this one, the effects were a little much this week. Yeah, <laughs> the, wor- the worst yes, thing is were. the worst part about that is like I just get in my head, oh hey, like they haven't really gone overboard with the CGI this week. And as soon as I say that, big move and water splash, and I went fuck. You, you know where did it come from? Right. <laughs> my thing is, if you're gonna wield the trident, you better fucking use it. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it's fine. I don't, I don't know you, what you two, what your opinions is about you, but I, I don't know that dude who they, who they took the mask off of. Yeah. I haven't really seen any of this stuff either. Dylan, uh, the name escapes me. Jay, Jayhawk. What was his Dylan something? Uh, Dylan McCabe. But yeah, he, he, uh, I didn't, I never heard of Dylan. You know what? It, it's fine. Uh, I, that's, it, it's fine to expose some of these guys to the, to the show, you know, it was good to see. Um, it's it's always good to see somebody new kind of take their mask off and and kind of show off. So it is what it is. I think it was a little bit over over the top, fantasy ish, CGI ish, cartoony. Um, I can only assume that as we get into the next bunch of rounds, it's going to get even more. So the more and more we watch, you know, I, I would I would assume that we'll have some more material to go on. It's a fun Wednesday night at seven o'clock or whatever. I. I I'm I'm happy about it. It's fine for what it is. All right, let's get into the wrestler spotlight for this week. Yes, indeed. Wrestler spotlight. Thank you to the home office for that, as always. Uh, this week's wrestler spotlight: we have a tag team. We are going with the team of Malcolm Cambridge and Calvin G. Lewis, AIW's own members only. Trained by Dominic Garini at the AIW Academy. Debuted September 2021, which is great. Uh, I don't know how many people were at that debut, but they have a big following at this point. They're, people are pretty pretty excited about these guys. They, uh, As far as the Midwest territories go, I think, um, I think there's some really good, positive things coming their way. They have uh, worked in AIW and in Southern Underground Pro and New Wave Pro and IWC. Um, I don't know how many matches uh, uh, the IWTV crowd has watched, but some of the notable matches was versus the production in AIW, versus Dom Greeny and Kevin Koo, Violence is Forever at New Wave Pro, versus the Bitcoin Boys at AIW, Suplex Science at Southern Underground Pro, 9 to 5 in AIW, and the main event, which was a great, great match. Um, I highly suggest if you, if you are, are watching and want to look up these guys, Look up their match against the main event uh, size-wise. 
they, you know, they were played the underdogs, but they really, they made themselves look really big in that match. And I, and I think that was a bit of a coming out. Um, I, I honestly look forward to seeing these guys every month now on AIW shows. I think their trajectory is straight up. Um, you know, they, they have a good look, they have a fun look, um, and they're, you know, they're easily easy to get behind. So, um, for this week, uh, everybody keep a close eye on members only because you're going to see a lot more of them on IWTV as we go on. And, and I know that, uh, you both being AIW fans, um, you know, you're familiar with their work. So, uh, I, I'm excited for the future for them. So members only everyone that is this week's wrestler spotlight. Yeah, I, I, I definitely do like the kids. I know they were in the training system a lot longer than they probably should have been with the pandemic and everything else going on. Man, those kids are good. Yeah. I gotta say they're like a highlight of every show they've been on so far. It's, it's a contagious personality. I, I like, I like their personality. I like how nice and kind of wholesome they can be. If you, if you just kind of look at them, everyone who seems to work with them looks at them as almost like little brothers. And I think that there is a, a really good future. Once they get, they shake off that rookie type of rust and, and they start to be taken real seriously. I, I, I look forward to those type of matches when they're really pushed hard. So, and of course they can, they can get Jeff Jarrett. I'm not really remember. No. Oh, we forgot about that. Jeff Jarrett. Yes. With the, from, uh, I believe it was hell on earth, uh, joining members only to, uh, inflict some damage. So yeah, I, I, uh, there's only, there's only positive things to say about these two. All right. With that, let's go ahead and get into the week main event. The weekly review. All right. Go. Jay Gold, it was your turn to pick the show this week and you show IWA Coast. Battle of the Butcher, October 5th, 2004, from the Community Center in Nitro, West Virginia, which is near Charleston. I had to look that up. That's Nitro, West Virginia. Is, if my understanding, that is where um, uh, our friend from PVD, uh, Dwight Howard, is from. I believe um, you're correct. And yeah, that, that caught my eye right away. And then this card, the names on this card caught my eye. I love when we go all the way back early, you know, 2000s to some of these cards and, and see in, in the middle of the country, the, you know, the different arena, the venues that they're in and seeing these big names in these venues is always something. So this one jumped right out at me. You both were very excited when I, I told you you were on board right away. So yeah, I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. I'm all about these like mid aughts, like Indies is like my wheelhouse. So definitely for more of these. Yep. And and I got to say in nitro West Virginia, uh, in this in this uh, uh, school gymnasium, there were lots of kids for a show that was called Battle of the Butchers. So <laughs> I don't know if your parents looked at the card name or whatever it was, kids. But if you were a kid in 2004 and you saw uh, what was on this card, I think you were exposed to a lot of different things. And, and God bless your parents for taking you to this one. Well, going on the crowd from this show, um, I think they were all too drunk to actually like make that decision. <laughs> I, I didn't hear. I didn't hear one thing out of any. Like this crowd was, if if I could say, f- f- was dead for most of this night. Um, and I don't really know how to gauge. Maybe it was because I was watching on my phone. I don't know if you heard more there's, excitement, but they were there, very quiet. No, there's some specific crowd members that were clearly had a few. <laughs> we'll get, I'll get to him when we get to the specific matches because I, I made sure to take notes. Yeah, there was one guy in particular that was talking shit like the entire show. Okay, so The show opened up with what looked like to be an entire hockey team coming out to hype the crowd. I have no idea who I any of these... I thought it was some type of like knockoff like in ICP thing. With I thought the it was jerseys. Spirit Squad. That wasn't Spirit Squad? <laughs> it was the crossover between ICP and the Spirit Squad. And of course, the mic didn't work the second he stepped in the ring. The callback to last week, where we saw CZW's mic don't work, and now on this one, the guy's like messing with the with the button. I don't even know who he was. I didn't even want to hear what he had to say. I think we need to keep a running tally whenever we do these mid two thousand shows. How many in a row have had the microphone not work? <laughs> Guy tapping the top of the mic. I love that. It, it pretty much worked. One of them. <laughs> Looking out into the crowd. What's going on here? Hey, what's happening here? Tapping the mic. The best part is, like, the, the referee for the first match comes out with them, and he's not, not even dressed yet. Like, he's carrying a referee shirt. Like, I would like, <laughs> like, I'm assuming there's some kind of angle going on with this. This is going to be our personal referee for this match. 
no, he just didn't have a gear on. <laughs> hey, it happens to all of us. <laughs> just trying to get ready for the day. There, there wasn't much explana- explanation about what was going on in the moment. No, they, did, sh- plug, they did plug backyard wrestling to the game, though. Yeah. They, yes, and and it, the show felt very like it was cut up almost to to um. It was very almost to like for time. It was cut up for the video. Like I'm sure at this show there was a lot more wasting time here. But I was glad and appreciative of uh, Smart Mark to to you know Smart Mark Video to cut down this this video. The exact opposite of what Geeky W did last week. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they showed you the match and then they replayed the entire match after it. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll give the ring announcer some credit here as well because he plugs the main event. He gets flat out: if you're squeamish or if you're under the age of like eighteen, you don't want to be here for the main event. Like, go home. <laughs> and it wasn't even that bad, but it, it was bad. But it, you know, for us, I, I was a. But we'll get to yeah, it. We'll but I was a little. De- I'm desensitized to all that at this point. Okay, so then we go to our opening matchup. It is Nat Gowan. Yes, that Nat Gowan again. <laughs> Against El Drunko with Krauga and Woody Number, who are two of the ITP slash Beer Squad slash early EKW Dudley Boy ripoff coming out. El Drunko El wears Drunk- a mask oh. and he is drunk. That's a gimmick, which is kind of infringing awesome. on, kind of on Necro Butcher gimmick who can the main <laughs> event, but we'll go with it. We'll get to that. He was, was there, I, I'm assuming this was a crossover with the Backyard Wrestling game because he was like a main character in that game. Probably. Oh, okay. And 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 Marcy, I had no idea. I don't think I've ever played that game. It's it's better than the first one. Was that the one J- Josh Prohibition was in? Yeah. Nah, he was in the first one. The first one sucks. The first one? the first one's just broken. Like you can toss a weapon and it'll just like home in on you no matter where you run. Oh, okay. There's like weird shit like that in that game. I didn't know they made two of them. <laughs> when you got that ICP money, you can do anything. Well, I will say Zach Allen absolutely impressed me because I totally forgot how what how what a great wrestler. I, honestly, he's a great wrestler with one leg. Yeah, he did some things in this match. He did some moonsaults and some dives, and he gets so much hop off of one leg that he's able to pull off. Like he did some, there was like a trio woe type move where he did a flipping, you know, like leg drop while the guy was draped over the ring ropes. I mean. He impressed me. I forgot that he was more than just what well, Brock Lesnar tossing him down a flight of stairs and, you know, threw things and into the crowd and everything. The kid was, I mean, he looks good. He was pretty impressive. I, I thought he, it, that's a good way to open up the night. I wasn't impressed with El Drunko. I really hate that crap. But um, I, I, Zach Allen was, was the, the moonsault he did was fantastic. Oh, I, I will say my favorite spot of the entire show in this match El Drunko locked in a half crab, but he got Gowan got an official leg. Go Gowan just take go Gowan just take the leg off and like stand behind him for like a minute and a half while they crank him back on the on the artificial leg. I fucking love that. I don't know why. I popped no big. For it's, that. it's a great it's the gimmick. Best. Yeah, it's great. How can you not like that? I mean, I, I I saw him like reach into his trunks and like unsnap his leg, you know, harness, and I was like, oh, this is a great spot. Like I was watching him do that. I'm like, this is gonna be great. And that guy just really sold it well. He he kept that that crab locked in. It was great. Now. Commentary annoyed the crap out of me in this match, and I mean they weren't good at all, but it did get it did get better from here. But the it got one- a lot worse in the next match, but we'll get to that yeah. then. Yeah, but <laughs> by the end of the show, by the end of the show, it could be tolerable. But the first two matches, not really. But Jack Owen does the dive not too long after the artificial leg spot. What an incredible spot by Jack Owen! Oh, you fucking kidding me, dude! <laughs> oh yeah, and they it, did it like four times yeah. in the fucking match. Like I, I would, I wish I would have had a, a bottle of Captain Morgan next to me. I would have done the shot every time I heard the word "spot" in this match. I would have been fucked up before the second match started. You're right. They did say that a lot. I noticed that. I was like, I was kind of. Sometimes I, I, I turn down the commentary when I watch these shows because it's just not any good. It's a lot of cursing. It's a lot of nonsense. But yeah, I did hear the word. I, I did hear them say "spot" like a hundred times during this show. Well, you, you you have to remember one of them is a, as he stated, a street pimp turned announcer. That's right. The yes, street dragon. pimp. The pimp. Good dragon. lord. <laughs> the bar was very low. The pimp, dra- the pimp dragon in Nitro, West Virginia. And, uh. he, and he was apparently the baby fake announcer, by the way. He would play what? Play guy. <laughs> what? He was the play-by-play guy. He was the guy who opened the show. The other guy was the color guy. 
I'm, I'm a, my brain's a little broken right now. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, I, I'm very glad that the match the match was short. Uh, I can say that. <laughs> the match the match was a fine opener. This has got to be AEC's first ever show. That their first ever match. It was a fine opener. I had no yeah, issue with absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I I did like the nice little touch where we're maybe a year after out of Gowan's WWE run where he's teaming up with Hulk Hogan all the time, and he does the Hulk Hogan Hulk up near the end. Nice touch. Oh yeah. Yeah. Halfway Deacon commentary team would have picked up on that shit. They didn't mention it. But Gowan gets the pin with the Moon Colt in Kevin 23. Uh, I will say here, I think a missed opportunity in this building. The score, the basketball scoreboard was like operational, like they would lit up. I would have announced time yeah. limit and counted the time down on the scoreboard. That would have been um, a cool idea. Yeah. That would have been a nice touch. Instead, we had to see that the home team had 17 fouls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our second match of the evening is a, is a ladies match. Mickey Knuckle against Alec and Danger. And your referee for this match all the way from Big Japan Pro Wrestling is Yuki. And you don't said, fuck with Yuki. <laughs> no. So you said this was oh, the, oh, the, woman, the woman's match. The announcer said this was the woman's match of the card. Harking us back to a time where they could only get one. Besides that, I got to be honest. I didn't enjoy it. I thought it. I thought it was slow, and I thought it was kind of boring. I, I'm not a huge Mickey Knuckles fan. I love Alice in Danger, but I, I honestly think this lacked a lot of pizzazz. I think just for the crowd in front of it, the crowd wasn't great at all. So I, I was. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this match because I, I wasn't entertained. I thought the finish was just kind of lazy too because of how Allison Danger's shoulders were down and she could have picked either one up anytime she wanted. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, in, in the early two thousands, women's matches, especially two good wrestlers, you didn't see that often. And fans really didn't know how to react to it. I will disagree with you and say, I do like Mickey. I always liked Mickey knuckles. Um, but yeah, this, this, this match, um, this is when I think we had the first like drunk fan interaction because there was just this fan chanting for a brawn panties match, mm-hmm. and you slyly see like Allison Danger shoot him like the dirtiest look ever, and he just shuts the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with how she reacted. I think Allison Danger uh, was a, was very professional. Oh yeah, I think she was very professional. Yeah, I I don't blame her at all. I'm just like, yep, this is this is where I made, this is where I got like the drunkenness from. It might have been the same guy chanting shit the whole show. I think it was. Yeah, but but like I said, like I think the referee is the star of the match here. They're striking battle early, and the referee ends up taking one, and she just ends up beating the crap out of both of them. And then and then after the match, after Mickey Knuckle gets the win, Alec and Danger yelling at her, and and Yuki yeah hits her again. Don't fuck with Yuki. No. I actually kind so of thought that Yuki didn't get more involved in the other matches she refereed later. Far, it, it, that, that visual would have been fantastic. But Another lovely commentary moment. Um, the quote is, it's a cat fight, and that's what we all want. And I just, like, I paused it and just held my head in my hands for, like, a good 20 seconds. In Fairnick in 2004, that was a pretty accurate statement. It doesn't hold, so nice hold up. It doesn't hold up in 2022. I'm not saying that it was the right reaction. But it was the act, but that was the factual reaction for the time. It's still very depressing. <laughs> Not to be a downer. Yeah, Mickey Knuckle gets the win with a Northern Lake suplex in ten thirty six. We're two matching again, and I'm thinking, okay, the looking bad. I I I would I didn't well, like. But, this but one come in. on, but come on, the, the finish of that match was was terrible. Mick Allison Danger's shoulders were not in any, if I say this, no pun intended, danger of being counted out. All she had to do was lift an arm up. It was one of those. It was the Northern Lights that she was flat on her back with the with the uh, uh, bridge, and her arms were straight out. She could have put her arms up any time. I think that move that move is not a finisher. You can't finish somebody off with a move where the shoulders aren't pinned down. It knocked the wind out of her. She didn't have t- she didn't have enough air enough air in her lungs to be able to, to get the shoulder up. Sure, I'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> 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 also, I gotta say, 2004 Mickey Knuckles, and this isn't a, a comment on her orientation or anything. She is rocking the most lesbian, stereotypical lesbian gear ever, with the shorts and the black tank top. I'm think, all about it, but <laughs> I think all the all the uh, early 2000s women tried to, you know, they they were trying to get away from the the divas look, and I think anybody who you could tell uh, the good women's wrestlers like these two. Trying to get away from that Tiva's look, you know, wearing more serious, you know, I'm here to fight outfits. And that's the way it should be. You know, I, I, I 
I did respect the fact that I was like, cause you know, we know what we know now and we're like women now, they are all just as you know capable as far as putting on a five-star match as anybody else. And you know, when I saw her and Alice in Danger, I was like, oh, that's cool. I dig it. But I bet you in 2004, they're like, where's the outfits? You know, but you just knew it was it was coming in those days. As, as a fan of both, yeah. It's, it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, match number three. And I'll admit, I call this match on the lineup, and I'm like, this is going to be the match of the night, even if it's bad. Current hero versus Claudio Castagnoli. The referee called the mullet ref, but it's not even a real mullet. It's just long hair. Like, come that's on. what I had. I had that on here. I wrote, why do they keep talking about mullets? I go, they're not mullets. No one has a mullet in this match. They were all about the mullet. Yeah. <laughs> For no mullets. For no mullets. They just had long hair. Everybody had nice long hair. What the fuck? <laughs> also, it's good to see Claudio's humble stripper beginning. So this is, he just, <laughs> just gently takes off the top. And we go to like current day where he's just ripping off his pants. My, I had, yeah, he was wrestling in pants. And I also said this show has, so, this show is so, is so like kind of lower budget that Claudio had to take his outfit back with him after the match ended. Nobody even took his ring attire. He left it in the corner and then had to carry it with him at the end of the match. Look, it's, you know, <laughs> they couldn't even get like more. a kid. That yeah, they couldn't even get a kid to like take the gear. Yeah, that that like a lot more an independent show given today than you would realize. <laughs> Just want to think that nobody think about for whatever reason. So, so this is one of their first media- matches ever. It does show... That's good. It's not nearly the quality these guys would end up having a couple years down the line. But you could tell. You could yeah. tell the humble. Yeah. I mean, it, it. those guys had the right idea as to exactly what they wanted to do. And as they got better and better in the uh, it, as the years went on, that same match they could put on was like so crisp and fast. This one you could see they were like uh, trying out certain you know spots as far as chain wrestling. And I do respect that, though. I could see... You know, the, the, the kip-ups on the R bars and, you know, a lot of stuff in the corners, you know, getting out of, you know, countering, things like that. You could just tell these guys are knew what they were doing. And my problem with the crowd was that nobody was popping or understood what these guys were trying to do in there. I, 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 no, literally, I, I literally think this crowd was here just because it's West Virginia and West Virginia does like their wrestling. If, I figure yeah. nice West Virginia is like a town of like 6,000 people and they drew like 250 people for the card. Like four or five percent of the town turned out for it. I've, I, I like to picture the flyer was one of those flyers I've seen like in central Pennsylvania that just says wrestling on it, and that's all it takes to get people in the door. That yeah, area, I that mean, area of the state, it wouldn't surprise me. Live pro wrestling. Rick Hero gets the pin with the Hurricane Rana in 912. I would have liked to give another five minute for this one, but for this show, it's what it is. And that show, this show, and, and then this match ended on a roll up, too. Okay, from there. From Big Japan Pro Wrestling, you're seeing a pattern here. Daisuke Nakimoto against Ian Rotten. Yeah. Nakimoto's uh, such a beefy boy. He really is. And and uh, you know who's not a beefy boy? Ian Rotten. He looked like... <laughs> <laughs> he looked like... I wrote, Ian Rotten is dog shit. He looked, he looked like one of those dudes who, like, you saw... You'd watch on, like, Cops... Or I'm like jackass who's just standing on the court, like standing next to the action, going like, "Man, I could do that shit." And then like, get he just was a mess. And like, Sakamoto's in his tights. He's jacked. He looks ripped. You know, you can tell he's taking it real seriously. I mean, if if any of the three of us believed for one second that Ian Rotten could put a dent in Sakamoto, honestly, we, I would say we all need to get our heads checked because. This guy, I, I can't believe Sakamoto even had to sell for this dude. He's just the pits. You know, I first know it's just, yeah, each man has a very different look. Sure. <laughs> I put it oh, in my no. yes. Yes. Yeah. So here, here Michael, my takeaway is we, you've got Ian Rotten. Ian Rotten at this point is nine years removed from a geeky W run where he pretty much got the reputation of he can do whatever he fucking can to bleed and show he could badass. How it. However, however that comes across. Kikimoto coming from New, uh, sorry, from Big Japan, which had a reputation of being a deathmatch promotion, and they had a wrestling match. And I was actually down for it. This one's not bad. I, I guess. I, I mean, I said, how is Sakamoto in a ring where there's no turnbuckles? Some of them, some of the turnbuckles had turnbuckle covers. Some did not. I mean, the ring had duct tape in it. I was just. I, I mean, I know it was 2004. Like, so Sakamoto now is, is considered, is, you know, there's a, a level of reverence and respect for him. 
But like I was just watching, I'm like, how is this? How did they even get this guy to come to West Virginia for this show? Like, it just blew my mind that he and he had to wrestle and he had to sell for Ian Rotten. Yeah, I'm actually thinking Kekimoto might have been on a on 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 excursion at that point. Let me see if I can double check that real quick here. But I, mean, I, I think Kekimoto definitely definitely won the star of the entire show, though. But he definitely, I mean, he looked like a superstar. All that stuff looked good. Yeah. Uh, there is one spot here where the drunk fan is like making fun of Ian Rotten for getting a can hurt, and Ian Rotten's like, "Let me step on your finger and see how you feel." <laughs> Look, I, I don't know. I, I, Sakamoto is great, and Ian Rotten, I have zero like urge to see in a wrestling match again. So that match was what it was for me. Okay. Looks like Ian Rotten might have been behind bringing some of the Big Japan people in because the only other date I've got right around that time for Kakimoto in the United States is two days later at an IWA Mid-South show. Oh. Where he, where he took on Nate Webb, which does sound like a much better match. But uh, I give Sakamoto credit. He did use the uh, the torture rack as his finish. Yep. And, and to Ian yeah. Rotten's credit, yeah, he did tap to it. So that was pretty cool. Sakamoto also did a huge frog splash as well. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's beautiful. Very impressive. The guy is the guy is super impressive. Anyway, he just just super impressive. And and I, I was you know this show itself was great. So honestly, I had no trouble. I just don't like Ian Rotten. I just I can't. I had such a trouble with the with the you know suspending belief for you know for this matchup. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't have that trouble with a lot of things. But for some reason, I kept. I was watching Ian Rotten. I'm just like, Ugh. like, you know, he's in baggy jean shorts. Sakamoto is so well put together. You know, I think Sakamoto probably deserved a guy who would be willing to, you know, another guy who could go with him who kind of looks kind of similar as far as body type or or tights. You know, wrestling tights take you to serious. But you know, people seem they they like Ian Rotten down there, I guess. So. So what you're saying is you want us to find more shows where Ian Ron has technical matches. I'll find them. I can find them. I'm in. Let's do it. I'm in. I know there's an idea. I think he did a European rounds match with Chris Hero. Oh, my God. Really? I'm pretty sure. I know. I know Hero did one with Necro Butcher, but I think he also did one with Ian. If that is going to go on IWTV, yeah, we have to do that show. I'll do my research. I'll, I'll get back to you. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, we get the Pope match handshake and then Ian Rotten attack afterwards because there has to be a heel. Also, yeah, I didn't understand this. What was the point of this? I mean, if they're if they're bringing it back at some point, I get. But like the next IWA East Coast show is not for like six months after this. So what was the point? <laughs> six months. See, they hoped everyone forgets. <laughs> and then second model like finally chases him down, and he just cuts away. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I just looked up the the result of that. Of that show, six months later, and like neither one of them are on the are on that card. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, Ian Rotten is actually on that card, but yeah, the Japanese contingent not. What's continuity between friends? Come on. <laughs> okay, go from there. We have a table match. It is Madman Pondo against Ryuki Ito with Yuki as your referee. And the ring announcer clearly meant that the match cannot end until the opponent has gone through two tables, and then a pinfall okay, commission so I after need- that. I need to make sure I heard this right because I was very confused after like we'll get like the one table thing happen and then Man Man Pondo goes for a pen. Yeah, I got I've got that in my note. We'll get to it. Also, uh, when you talked about Ian Rodden looking awful in shorts, uh, Ryuji Ito looks fucking hard as shit in those in his shorts. Yes, he was well put together. The Japanese guys are all body guys. They all put it together. But I don't know if you see the beginning of this match, they have a stop sign. That stop sign does a lot of work to start this match on both guys. They use that stop sign like it's, you know, Superman's kryptonite on each other. It was ridiculous how many guys, how many times they had to go back to the stop sign in the first, like, three minutes of the match. Well, that first one, like, Ponzo just fucking, like, he doesn't even hit Ito with it. He just, like, yeets it right at his face. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I wrote down right away. I was like, oh, back back to the stop sign. That stop sign's doing a lot of work. Back to the stop sign. All right. Yeah, th- this this was definitely. I-, I haven't seen many Madman Pondo matches from young young Madman Pondo matches. I'm just it wasn't my style growing up. Like I wasn't all about you know seeing that kind of backyard hardcore his craziness style. But this match I really really enjoyed, and the table spots were super clean. They weren't like it didn't take you know ten hours to set the table up. At one point 
when he did the double table spot uh, in the gymnasium off of the bleachers, when all those guys hoisted Madman Pondo on the table, on top of the second table, I got a good hearty chuckle out of that. That was ridiculous. It's, you got to be efficient in these matches, you know? <laughs> just, just like a crew of people like picking up Neo in the Matrix and putting him, <laughs> on, <laughs> putting him on top of the second table. like. <laughs> but yeah, that was... And that spot, those tables crumpled well. Like, they went right through them cleanly. There was no, like, jagged pieces hanging out. Nobody was impaled. It was pretty good. Yeah, go... Like, a minute in the match, Pondo go for a pin, but he hasn't put anybody through a table yet, so there's no count, because they're hammering the stipulation home. And then they fuck it up. Pondo hit, <laughs> Pondo hit the DDT through a table, go for the cover, and Yuki start counting the pin, and I, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, there was some there was some confusing... I, I had that written down that I was like, I thought after they go through two tables, this, this, this shit is on or something. Like, I just didn't get... I didn't get what was happening in a, in a few spots. Yeah, I don't, but, I, oh, oh, my favorite spot, by the way, I have to address this with you both. The super slow pipe, like, on wheels, like, thing that Pondo hit Ito with. And Ito pretended, basically sold that he got hit with, like, a bulldozer. And he went running into the wall. Do you remember that spot? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It was, like, out of Austin Powers. He hit him with a super slow scaffolding on wheels and Ito sold it like he got blasted by a NASCAR coming at full speed. <laughs> okay. Now one thing I did catch here is commentary was actually heated at the top of a cloak section of bleachers neck to the hard cam. And the reason I bring this up is more pro- independent promotions that are filming show need to do this. Because when you have commentary on the floor and stuff goes through the crowd, Commentary gotta like just make up stuff if they have no idea what's going on. They could actually see everything from that position. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, they had no trouble like seeing where the action was. I, I agree with you there. It was able. It was just, they kept the continuity of the commentary going. So Ito does the splash off the bleachers through two tables at the same time. So he comes able to win the match. He goes to cut up another table, and commentary point out that's the last table. If Ito you can get, Pondo can't win. So they only use, so they only cut up the minimum the maximum number of tables that they needed for the stipulation of the match. Perfect. You don't have to. 18. Yeah, you know what? When you said that, uh, honestly, why don't more people do that? <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. If you can block your opponent from finishing, that's pretty smart. Yeah, well, and especially like you see table matches where there's eighty four tables and like one table spot wins the match. Like, why are there eighty four tables? Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see two if you have a shitty table that's going to just break upon, like, like, the mat shaking or something. But, yeah, you don't need 15 tables when one table spot wins the match. Here, there should have been a maximum of four table spots. There's four tables. That's perfect. Yeah. They go back into the ring. Yuki ends up getting squashed in the corner. Ido actually put Pondo through that last table. No referee to call f- to go count for the pin. Then two tough Tony interfere, even though he's not on the card. There's no explanation as to why he's there. Beating up Ito, put him on top of the broken table, put Pondo on top of him. Yuki wakes up, counts the pin at 11.54. She assumes that Ito went through the table and keeps lying on top of the broken peak. Bit of a screw job finish, but it makes sense. You know, this, I, I, this match was better than I expected to be. I don't generally like table matches for a lot of things that we've brought up in this description. Nick was fine. Yeah, it was. It was a good match. It was entertaining. It was really it, fun. It moved. Didn't it move? It didn't feel like it was plodding along. I feel like this probably should have been the main event. <laughs> we'll get to that, but yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to end on a higher note. But that's just me. <laughs> you want to send the fans home happy? They could have done that one. Yep. <laughs> well, I, I get why it's not. Let's go ahead and get into it. It is the Battle of the Butcher. It is Necro Butcher against Abdullah the Butcher. Also, who the fuck was coming out with Abdul the Butcher? They mentioned they mentioned nothing about him. The ring announcer mentioned his name. I did not catch it, and it is not listed on Cage Match, so I don't know. Because <laughs> that's my first note: is who the fuck is this with Abdullah? Uh, Ab- I felt so bad because knowing what we know now about Abdul the Butcher, he—I can't even imagine how old he was there. I mean, it—it it was just sad even seeing him like get into the get out of the curtain to the ring. Abdul the Butcher would have been 63 when this match happened. He's 81 now. Holy shit. Oh. He looked like every ounce of it in those knees. 
Uh, those, those pants were way, way up higher even than they normally are. I felt like I didn't know you could pull pants underneath your your like chest <laughs> flaps of fat that he pulled up. But holy moly, those things! As he got older, I guess they got longer and more wing like. He looked like he had wings. <laughs> that's a that's a look. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring that back. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You know, the match started off. And Butcher, Necro Butcher, like kicked him a few times before he even got in the ring. And I know, knowing what we know now, I know he wasn't, but Abdullah wasn't going to, Abdullah wasn't going to fall down and sell. But to just stand there before he gets into the ring and let Necro Butcher like kick him like six, seven times and not sell an ounce. That's, a, that's, I mean, it, it just, you just knew right away, like, oh no, this is just so sad. Like, hey. Then right away we start seeing, you know, just blood pouring out. And, and I, you know what? I think back in the day, Abdullah the Butcher looks so much bigger to me when he wrestled like Bruiser Brody. But when he get now he's like this little short kind of egg shaped old man who gets into the ring and like his butt is like bigger than his, you know, his front. So like he can't really walk around, you know, he, he just, oh, it was just so sad and just blood everywhere. He just cuts him open right away and you just see it and just, oh. I don't this, know. Was, this was a match as I was keeping tabs on the show, like especially this last Halo match, hoping like that that went longer because I'm like, hmm, there's less, there's only like ten minutes left in this. This is good. This can't it can't be that long, right? I didn't think it would go longer than it did anyway, which was good. Okay, go. But it's it's very short. Okay, go to answer the question about the guy who came out with that build a butcher. His name was Billy Robertson, who uh, his work name was Honest John. <clears throat> Uh, he have, he have looked like he passed away about two years ago. Really? Yeah. Okay. And and did he come out with Abdullah the Butcher in other matches? Appa- apparently, he was with Abdullah the Butcher a lot, especially late in his career. Did he in doing like conventions with him and stuff like that? I guess he was, I based on what I'm looking at, it looked like he might have been a shoot a uh, shoot manager. Huh. You know, Abdullah the Butcher at this age kind of looked like a bowling pin. If you like, <laughs> so he was like a bowling pin with boots at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like I felt so bad for him, but they cut each other up good. Like the fork stuff, Abdullah Butcher at one point like put the fork underneath like Necro Butcher's like you know scar tissue and got it open, and I was just like, oh my, like it's oh. just so uh, so unnecessary. <laughs> also, while they're doing this, I don't appreciate in commentary they make a simile about how uh, Abdullah the, Abdullah and the fork is like mac and cheese. And I think that's absolutely ruined mac and cheese for me now. <laughs> yeah, don't don't watch that and listen to it if you plan on going having some dinner right afterwards. It was, uh, yeah, I I, I I don't know. Uh, seeing him walk around in those giant tights and the and the the hooked boots, like, and not be able to really do like shoot himself off the ropes or anything. I mean, oh my lord! I think my main note of this match is there's just a lot of stabbing. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I think as Abdul the Butcher got older, literally he just was like, I'm just going to come in and do my greatest hit, which is just busting somebody, whoever's willing to get busted over with a fork. And then, and then he's like, and then we're just going to end, and that's going to be it. Yeah, so one, a couple of things, a couple of things here. Uh, one, I have a note here that's kind of, this match is only making New Jack. <laughs> I think New Jack would have hurt Abdul the Butcher. I wouldn't want that. <laughs> okay, but uh, they made a point here that. Because Necro Butcher first match back in Nitro, West Virginia, after being banned, and I really want to know what he did. Like I've worked with Necro Butcher, and I've seen him do some shit that probably should have gotten him banned from building and didn't. So what the fuck got him banned from Nitro, West Virginia? I don't know, but at least he put boots on for this show. He didn't come out there with the feet bare. Yeah, and the worst part we weren't, we weren't at that point yet. Yeah. Oh, he he changed that up to go barefoot after that. Yeah. So that was for the ring, specifically for the Ring of Honor feud, and he just kept doing it everywhere else just to keep it consistent. Wait, what was the point of him going barefoot in the Ring of Honor feud? Just the idea that he's just this wild, like madman, like almost like an untamed beast type thing. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, he should have probably kept the boots on, but. <laughs> <laughs> fucking fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's yeah, I, I feel no sympathy to him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, the worst part is it's like I'm not even surprised Necro Butcher got banned from a building. Man, I think statute of limitations is out on, is done on this one. I can tell the story. I was working a show that Necro Butcher was on in Nyoke, Ohio, back probably t- t- 2011, 2012. 
And he's doing Necro Butcher things. They're fighting through the crowd. They're in a convention center, a part of like a, a bigger horror convention. Like it's part of the convention. Okay, they're fighting through the convention center. They go over neck to like the kind of DJ equipment, and then he like clams dude's head on the stage. And on the tape, you can even hear the guy like yelling at Necro Butcher. Necro go, "We didn't touch your fucking equipment!" And they keep on fighting. So what I see from my vantage point, a couple minutes later, is this guy who's mad about his equipment yelling at the promoter, you need to pay for my equipment, you need to pay for my equipment, you need to pay for my equipment. And this is going on for like three, four minutes. Necro's done the finish of his match. Keep the promoter getting yelled at. Go, I got we didn't touch your fucking equipment and punch it the dude in the face. Oh. Yeah. Uh, needless to say that the people in it who uh, are in charge of handling Necro Butcher at, at the time got him out of the building before the cops got there. Oh, that dude is looking to press charges, huh? Apparently. So Necro just has a regular uh, regular occurrence of punching people in the face. I, I see. Yeah, and the rest of the show got canceled, and then we got our Halloween show with the costume battle royal, and I was pissed. I had my Joel Gertner outfit all got up ready to go. That's the biggest crime in all of this. <laughs> Jayhawk didn't get to wear a neck brace with a bow tie on it. <laughs> Humanity was robbed. <laughs> no, I had a, I had a limerick in the whole shot. Like I opened the whole day, the whole deal. Okay, I hope I hope the statute of limitations can count on that one. Otherwise, I might just got Necro in trouble. But good luck finding him anyway. It's, geez, look, he's I'm sure he wouldn't be the first. Okay, no. none of us none of us are losing sleep over it if they do find him. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you dig enough into his history, you can find some shit. That's, that's all. Sure. Oh yeah, I'm sure. All right, all right, go. This one might actually vary a little bit here. Thumb up, thumb down, thumb in the middle. I, I say thumbs up. It was easy watch. Um, I love watching these nonsensical uh, um, middle of the country, like down down south type of wrestling shows from like the early 2000s. I think I'm always surprised at the the quality of talent they get on these shows for these small gate. Um, so yeah, thumbs up for me. I'm going to go thumbs in the middle just because I think the main event brought this down enough as as this was the end of your like card. Like, I don't think there's anything worse. And this is like in any type of media than just like fin- finishing like the worst way possible just brings stuff down so much for me. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go thumb up on this one as well. Uh, yeah, I the ne- Necro Butcher match was what I now build a butcher match in 2004 to be like I, I wasn't going in expecting anything else. So it's hard to be disappointed with it. Oh, I wasn't. It's still something I had to watch. So I feel like I have to judge everything as is. Yeah, now I, I do agree with you. It probably would have been better served not being the main event. But at the same time, you've got to think that uh, if they woke a poster advertising in a lineup, that most of that crowd was probably there for Abdul the Butcher. And you run the mm-hmm. risk of people leaving if he'd gone to card earlier. So I get it. All right, let's go ahead and get some plug in and get out of here, Mark. You go right ahead. Hey, you can find me on Twitter at eGirlFemboy, boy spelled B-O-I. Uh, I am back running up and running on Twitch, twitch.tv slash eGirlFemboy. Elden Ring comes out this week. I've been waiting so long. Uh, my stream is probably going to be dominated by that. There's probably not going to be a set schedule. It's just going to be whenever I feel like playing. I'm just going to hop on regardless if I look like crap or not. So check me out there. All right. You can, you can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Uh, I'll be getting back on Twitch in the month of March when the WWE 2K22 comes out. God help me. That's twitch.tv forward slash RefJayhawk. And I will be managing at Rubber Kitty Wrestling in, at the Akron Turner Club in Talmadge, Ohio, coming Saturday, February 26th. I believe that's a kick o'clock bell time. So if you're if you're in the area, you want to insult me for a couple of hours, I can take it. Come on down. I think in honor of this show, you should stream Backyard Wrestling too. Oh, yeah. I don't have back Backyard Wrestling 2 to stream, or I would probably do that. I'm sure I can find it if I look hard enough. I, I'm lazy. Right. You can find anything on the internet. True. All right, Jay Gold, take a home. Sure. You can find me at uh, jaygold 12 on Twitter. I don't have a Twitch stream. Um, I don't play many games except for uh, NHL and FIFA on occasion. Um, but tomorrow you can find me on my couch because I don't have to work because of the holiday. Um, please, uh, these are my notes now from home office. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us. Do not forget about the merch store over at What a Maneuver. Check out the Derek Dillinger collab. Check out the IWTV Guide logo. You can get it on a T-shirt, on a sweatshirt. Uh, home office gets all that um, on whatamaneuver.net. Our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast. If you catch my grift. 
at odds with wrestling X over and the card is going to change um, all of our, and, and, you know, check out our other friends, JCP designs, the official graphic designer of IWTV guide, pwponderings.com, big Starks brand set tab, photo smoking Jay's barbecue, the best barbecue in North Ohio, Northeast Ohio. And most, I think I would say the best barbecue in all of Ohio. And then probably some of the other States as we go along. And then our friend Joey over at Kayfabe collectibles. Um, that's it for me. And that's it for us here. Thank you for listening again to IWTV Guide, your guide to what's going on independentwrestling.tv. We'll be back next week, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. See me coming to town with my soul, straight down out of the world with my fingers, holding on to the devil I know. All my troubles are hanging your trigger. Take your eyes and your mind from the road. Shoot your mouth if you know where you're aiming. Don't forget to pick up what you sow. Talking trash to the garbage around you. Snakes and moles in the back of your room Handing out the confection of venom Heaven's drunk with the poison you use Drum the walls of the eyes of a gambler Now I see it's a comfort to you Hammer my balls in the ample of